0: The subject matter that we're looking at this morning is Mark chapter three. It's the latter part of Mark chapter three, from verse twenty to verse thirty-five. So it's that period which we'll we'll read in a minute. I find that as I the more I read this section, of, although it's one we've we've read, I'm sure many times before, you get the deeper understanding and appreciation of the importance of this period in the lord's instruction when he was here his teaching and what we can learn from his response to the situations and things that happened at this point right in the middle of it all which i want to spend a a bit of time on is a a, verse uh, verses 28 and 29 which do tend to cause quite a, a bit of a stir if you like a little bit of a concern. Uh, to a lot of people where the references to blasphemy, about blaspheming against the Holy Spirit, about never receiving forgiveness, and about being guilty of an <coughs> eternal sin. So I want to spend a bit of time on that. Um, but this section, before we read it, is really a lovely picture of... Um, the Lord Jesus with the struggles that he had as a man and the struggles that he had as God and they're both dealt with here in this section Uh, the physical difficulties that he had and how he was attacked by not only his family who loved him and his friends that loved him he was attacked by his enemies, the scribes and the Pharisees. And it's all satanic, trying to deter and detract the Lord from his responsibilities as to why he'd come. So the beginning of this touches on that. And then we'll look at these, the blasphemies and the eternal sin. And then we'll look at the end of it, where his family come him and he responds to them. I chose that hymn really just as a, um, I think the the theme that I would look on this section is just the love of the Lord Jesus uh, that is just oozing from him and his reaction to the uh, the adversary and the difficulties that were being (coughs) brought upon him. And it's almost although it's, in my words, a smile on his face, how he, cre- he deals with it so lovingly, and yet in the middle of it he hits hard about the central core difficulties that mankind has in understanding their sinfulness and the need for repentance and the power of the Holy Spirit in bringing that so the hymn that we were singing I know no life divided I really want to be looking at the the importance of salvation that's in this section but also the importance of giving our lives to Christ and al- although it's not directly mentioned here it's implied and so I want to link the two together but let's um just spend an important bit of reading the passage first so it's it's mark chapter 3 <coughs> and verse 20 <coughs> then jesus entered a house and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat when this family heard about this they went to take chuck sorry when his family heard about this they went to take charge of him for they said he's out of his mind and the teachers of the law who came down from jerusalem said he's possessed by Belzebub, by the prince of demons he is driving out demons so jesus called them and spoke to them in parables how can satan drive out satan if a kingdom is divided against itself that kingdom cannot stand if a house is divided against itself that house cannot stand and if satan opposes himself and is divided he cannot stand his end has come in fact no one can enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man then he can rob his house i tell you the truth all the sin and blasphemies of men will be forgiven them but whoever blasphemes against the holy spirit will never be forgiven he is guilty of an eternal sin he said this because they were saying he has an evil spirit then jesus's mother and brothers arrived standing outside they sent someone in to call him a crowd was sitting around him and they told him your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you who are my mother and my brothers he asked then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said here are my mother and my brothers whoever does god's will is my brother and sister and mother (laughs) those pressures that i was mentioning it seems again just to try and get the setting of the position that the Lord Jesus was in, he's in a position where he's being crowded. He's in a position where he can't even eat. I don't know whether, you know, these practical things that sometimes we skim over them in Scripture, but in, in, if we've ever experienced such things ourselves, uh, how uh, ratty we can get <laughs> if we haven't been eating, how annoyed we can get if we just don't get enough time to ourselves. The position I think we've got here that the the Lord is just being crowded and he knows that (laughs) there's people out there to, to trap him. When you actually see that even his own loved ones, his parents if his father was still alive, I don't think he was, but his mother and his brother and sisters, the ones that loved him were concerned for him. And it was like an attack. They were saying to him, "You're out of your mind. You're you're doing too much." You can imagine, in today's language, what they would say that, you know, you're taking on too much. You're you're not thinking this through properly, um, and that must have hurt, because they must have known where he'd come from. Of course, his mother knew, and his brothers would have been brought up with this. And therefore, trusting his Father in heaven didn't seem to be something that was uh, being prominent in their care and love for him. And maybe that's something that the Lord was concerned about. And then these so-called scriptural uh, experts came up from Jerusalem, the scribes, the ones had come from the seat of power had come from the temple who had come from uh, this seat of knowledge and they were coming up and what did they say about him they said he's got an evil spirit in him i think you know what is so lovely to me and it sticks out a mile is that when you read uh, in verse 23 that when they said he's possessed by Belzebub, that was just the prince of demons. Um, you can read about Belzebub with re- reference in in Kings. He was the a uh, 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 an idol, <laughs> uh, a god that was the Philistines had created, and I think it it grown from there to now. At this stage, in the time of the Lord Jesus, he was just referred to as. Uh, the, the the prince of demons and what an accusation to give to the son of god that he said you know he's possessed by beelzebub the prince of demons but the response of the lord was if you read in verse 23 so jesus called them he called them you read in actually the American Revised Standard Version, he called them to himself. I think that was a, it's a better, exp- lovely expression. That here you'd got all these critics that are having a go at him, even those that loved him, telling them to pack it in and take a rest, or get your feet up and sort yourself out. You don't know what you're doing. And so, what does he do? He calls them to himself and he speaks to them. You read about it also at the end of this chapter that in verse 34, when he talked about he looked at those seated in a circle around him and it says, here are my mother and my brothers. You see that the love of Christ is coming out here and he called them to himself. He took it head on. He spoke to those that were criticizing him and he attacks it straight away, comes back at them and said you know how can satan cast out Satan. (laughs) the lord has got that marvelous ability (laughs) it's something that he developed although he is the son of god he's also the son of man he gets tired he gets worried he gets concerned he gets uh, hungry and all of these physical things and that he had learned the ability he could understand where these people were coming from and he could attack it right at its root. You say I've got a state of, I'm satanic. <laughs> how can Satan, uh, how can Satan attack <coughs> Satan? How can dri- Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. I think... What the Lord was coming then to was the, the root here, was that Satan is evident in all the work of the Lord Jesus. He was con- con- counteracting all that he was trying to do, and the Lord doesn't hide from that; he hits it straight on. There is no way. I mean, what a what a criticism to somebody, the Lord Jesus who had the holy spirit indwelling in him who was being guided and directed who was doing everything according to the will of his father and here he's being accused of being satanic how can satan cast out satan he was casting out demons how can you cast out a demon by being satan i mean in uh uh, having satanic power how could satan cast out himself it was a ridiculous thing to consider and so he says to them that's not possible if a kingdom's divided it can't stand against itself a house divided the house can't stand and if satan opposes himself and is divided he cannot stand his end has come i think there he was showing them that this the power Uh, the necessity for a strong man if we are to go into the uh, house of a strong man that that strong man has to be bound up in order to take his possessions. What was he talking about? Surely he was talking about the fact that the power of Almighty God was far greater than the power of Satan but Satan's power is great. He is a strong man and it's not easy but it needs somebody who is stronger to enter into the strong man's house and carry off his possessions and he has to first tie up the strong man then he can rob his house. He's talking about Satan and the possessions are us. He was talking about the purposes of the Lord Jesus having come that to tie up the strong man to bind him and to take his possessions out of his house and that was to free mankind from the power of sin (coughs) to free mankind from the power of death and here it needs a strong man and here you've got he's he's identifying the power of Satan working here uh, trying to deter this trying to say that this is satan it's not it's not god that's doing this and the lord jesus response is it obviously is it's somebody that's stronger than satan that's going to win over here then he goes He says when he when he says about that he's bringing in the whole point of his being there his the need for salvation I tell you the truth, all the sins and blasphemies of men will be forgiven them. All the sins and the blasphemies of men will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of an eternal sin. What is he talking about here? You know, the, the Holy Spirit, we read in, um, in John 16, in fact, I just want to read that again about the purposes of what the Holy Spirit had come. John 16, verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. This is Jesus talking about his going back to heaven. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come. That's the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned this challenge about the, the against the holy spirit is being um met o, face on by the lord jesus because what he is saying is that this is the holy spirit that convicts Even when it comes to basic salvation truth that um not something we skim over <laughs> just because everybody here is a born-again Christian. It's something I think we, just, we constantly need to be aware of, uh, the fact that it's not through ourselves, it's not through anything that we've done, in our, our knowledge, our reading of the Scripture, or our understanding, but it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit coming to us by the will of God because the Holy Spirit is of God of course the triune God that work together in absolute unison and they, they are working for the salvation of soul to repossess from the strong man's house those that are bound there, those that are captives so that they might be freed from the strong man and the Holy Spirit is convicting mankind and that he is working all the time in convicting souls and there needs to be repentance and so if there's genuine repentance then there is the working of the holy spirit gives salvation through his work and the work of the lord jesus christ at the cross so when we come to the, the 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 statement that says but he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven is referring of course to those that will die like that, those who never seek repentance, those who never acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit convicting of sin and they do not allow themselves to be convicted and therefore these people will die in their sin these people who are blaspheming the holy spirit because they are effectively saying we don't believe what he's saying we don't believe he exists um anything any power that we might see is satanic or whatever they they reject they blaspheme because when you look at the word blasphemy or blaspheme it means that they revile they speak evil of The insult. And so a person who is being uh, brought to uh, consideration of these things and decides that they are untrue, decides they're wrong, decides there is no God or there is no Holy Spirit or there is no um, um, such person, there's no such need for... um, repentance we've nothing to repent against these that is blasphemy because that's contrary to what the scriptures say that's contrary to what all the teaching is that we are born in sin that we are bound in sin that we are going forward to an eternal death and it's only by conviction of the holy spirit convicting us of sin convicting us of righteousness convicting us of the, the judgment that is to come, the judgment seat of Christ and our need for salvation that comes through the work of the Holy Spirit and here he's saying the guilt that, the, that there will never be forgiveness because if that's how they die if that's how they continue then there is no forgiveness later so when it comes to the, the, the judgment then these people will be found guilty They are guilty of an eternal sin. It just highlights really the importance of salvation. It gives us joy to talk about it because we are freed from it. But it highlights the importance. And this is going back to what this story, if I call it that, this portion of scripture is all about. The need that the Lord Jesus had to make sure that he was teaching the importance of salvation. This is why he'd come. But the importance of like being hungry and his own family telling him he needs to rest is understanding that there's far more important things than this. It's the salvation of humanity, it's the salvation of mankind. And it's the need for him to teach before he goes to the cross. And then of course, when he sees the power of Satan coming across, he has to be the strong man. To stand up against that and to make these statements that really are so powerful. It shouldn't be confused with, and I haven't got time, but I mean, if you read about uh, Hebrews 6, where it talks about the people who fall away, I think I just mentioned this really as uh, for those who have received. The holy spirit those who have accepted the lord jesus christ as our savior and it talks about those who fall away and there is no repentance there is no possibility of the lord having to suffer and die again he only does that once and so a person who falls away although they will be saved for eternity because they have the Holy Spirit within them, although they are saved, their life is lost because it, they are just like dry ground, like dry sticks that are not growing and they die and they're just only used for firewood, food. And <clears throat> so that was another... Um, reference really just to there is no repentance for them because somebody who throws it away uh, is going to be judged as well not unto death because they are saved they're born again people but as far as their Christian lives are concerned they will be found wanting and that they can't keep coming back and expecting the Lord to go through the cross every time for them to be found to be repentant of their sin again because they'd thrown it away the first time. And these are people that can be lost for from their spiritual lives, for their service to the Lord. But here the Lord is talking about something that uh, the eternal sin, that uh, you're guilty of eternal sin. He's talking really about people who never accept the lord jesus christ as a savior so in closing i just want to talk about this last part that when jesus's mother and his brothers arrive it sounds sometimes in the way of translation it sounds pretty harsh that you know your mother and your brothers are outside um, uh, that they want you to come out and talk to them and his response is uh, who are my mother and my brothers And he says, here are my mother and my brothers. It sounds as if he's dismissing them. I don't believe that for a minute. The Lord's love for his earthly mother was seen in so many occasions. And I'm sure that that love was stronger than any man's. But that this case, he was drawing in his disciples into his family and i think what he was expressing here was that this love that he had for his earthly mother and his earthly brothers and sisters that were part of his family that is broader than that he's bringing in his disciples into his family and that that love included them and that this is a family this family that was being created here by those that were being added to the, the love that the Lord Jesus was oozing out. He was bringing them in and getting them to understand the purposes that he'd come to this earth. The purpose of why he was going to die was so that he would have this family. Uh, not just a physical family of his own earthly mother and brothers, stepbrothers and stepsisters, but all who loved him. And it says again, And this, I guess, closed with this, that he looked at those seated in a circle around him and he said, Here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. What a lovely finish. Shall we pray?